Please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 19. John 19. Our scripture reading this evening is in verses 25 to 30 of John 19. John 19, uh, verse 25 through the verse 30. Hear now God's word. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Amen. We are looking at the uh, this evening, the sixth word of Jesus from the cross, uh, that in verse 30, it is finished. The seventh and last word of Jesus we find in Luke's gospel, where he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And so it's, the um, in terms of our text, verse 30, it would come after it is finished and before he gives up his spirit. <clears throat> uh, do you ever have you ever left a project unfinished? Is there anything unfinished? Uh, for most of us, there's something waiting for us somewhere in our shop, in our home, in our basement. Well, not with no basements here in a in our. Uh, closet or somewhere, one author made the the comment, we have half-read books on our shelves, half-eaten meals in our refrigerators, and half-finished laundry on the floor in our bedrooms. Most of us still have a pile of junk left from hobbies that we picked up for a while and then abandoned, half-built model airplanes, half-sewn quilts, half-used exercise equipment, there's probably an unfinished project waiting somewhere for you right now. But Jesus affirms in this sixth word from the cross that he did not leave anything unfinished in the work that the Father had given him to do. Uh, he finished it. He got the job done. It was mission accomplished. And after taking this uh, drink of cheap wine, he Uh, gave that statement, it is finished. It's it's an amazing word. It's really only one Greek word behind that brief phrase, it is finished. It's one of those neat Greek words to say. The the Greek word for purpose, goal, or end is the word telos. And this word that Jesus cries out from the cross, which is amazing that he had even the breath to do that, is a, uh, a lengthier form of that word. It's tetelestai. I have a preacher friend, uh, 
He's with the Lord now. He loved to say that word when he was preaching on this text. It's a kind of kind of a neat a neat word, but it mean it, it communicates it is finished. It's an amazing thing. Charles Spurgeon commented that in this word there. There are other words that it's the greatest word that than others that were ever spoken and ever can be spoken. And this word is altogether immeasurable. It's high. I cannot attain to it. It's deep. I cannot fathom it. Well, what is it that Jesus was affirming when he said it is finished? Well, there are there are four things that we can think about and many more might come to mind. But there are four things we can think about that Jesus is communicating when he says it is finished. The first is that his suffering was finished. His suffering had ended. His poverty was finished. He who was in very form of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant being made in human likeness. Uh, He was born in a borrowed stable. Uh, His his first bed, his first crib was a feeding trough of animals. He grew up in a poor family. That's finished. The rejection that he experienced throughout his life is over. After his very first sermon in his hometown of Nazareth, they wanted to take him outside of town and kill him. His own family did not uh, believe in him. His brothers didn't believe in him. His disciples forsook him that night. Uh, His most important disciple, Peter, denied him three times. All of that is over. It's finished. His rejection by the leaders in Israel. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But that's finished. The abuse that he experienced both verbally and physically on the cross is done. It is finished. It's over. It's done. A second thing, most importantly, or another very important thing is the sacrifices are finished. It had been part of the Old Testament law that the Israelites were to offer sacrifices day after day in the temple or in the tabernacle. And they would bring the lambs for the daily sacrifices. And then, of course, the, the preeminent festival sacrifices as well. Uh, because the shedding of blood was necessary. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. But when Jesus came... And he offered himself on that cross that day. The sacrifices were finished. They were done. They were no longer to be needed. The writer of Hebrews is so helpful to us as he explains this in great detail. Just to highlight a few of the things that he says. Jesus did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves... But he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. But he came 
and offered himself once for all. Uh, The writer of Hebrews goes on to say, he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. After he had offered that once for all time sacrifice for sin, the sacrificial system was finished. It was done. It was completed. It was no longer needed. Because he had fulfilled it. The third thing that we see in his phrase, it is finished, is Satan is finished. He's beaten. He's done. We know that uh, he was given a fair, much of a free reign during the time of the Old Testament. When Christ came, there was this great battle between Satan and Jesus uh, all under the sovereign pro- governance of Almighty God. And uh, Jesus, uh, or Paul talks about him as the, the ruler of the kingdom of this world. He says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins uh, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Satan had some measure of rule that had been allowed to him. Uh, Jesus said, the, uh, I will not speak with you much longer for the prince of the world is coming. He was coming with the soldiers, inspiring the soldiers and the betrayer, betrayer Judas to take Christ and to arrest him. Satan had wreaked great havoc in this world and the hostility that he had toward God and his kingdom and God's son was immense. And Jesus says in anticipating the cross, now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And Paul says in Colossians, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Satan is a defeated foe. He is finished. He is still an enemy. He still seeks to distress us and cause us difficulty and and overwhelm us, but he's a defanged foe. He's a roaring lion, but he has no fangs. He's finished. Jesus says, it is finished. He's been defeated. He's done. But most importantly of all, when he says it is finished, he is saying salvation, redemption is finished. It's done. It's been accomplished. Your salvation, your redemption is finished in the work of Christ on the cross. The law condemns us. We're condemned because we are children of wrath, just as the rest, by nature. And there's absolutely nothing you and I can do to satisfy God and his just and holy wrath. There's nothing we can do. 
We owe a debt to God that we cannot pay. And Christ has come to pay that debt. It's finished. Salvation has been secured. So that that now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's finished. It's paid. And if you and I ever get it into our minds that there's something we can contribute to our redemption, then we're living in denial of what Jesus has said. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can add to what Christ has done. When he made that offering, it is finished. It's paid. It's done. And it's only for us, by God's grace, to receive the benefit of that redemption. Christ was sacrificed once for all to take away the sins of his people. So why will we try to pay that ourselves? We can't. It's not possible. And he will come a second time bringing salvation to those who are waiting for him. As we hear those words from Jesus' lips on the cross, we have to really understand these are not the words of resignation. Well, it's over. These are not the words of someone uttering a sigh of relief. Well, at least I'm done with it. These are the words of the victor, the one who has triumphed. It's not, oh, well, it's finished. It's, it is finished. It's done. All that the Father has given to me, I have accomplished. And we receive that by grace through faith. And only then, when it was done, when it was finished, when it was accomplished, that did Jesus give up his spirit. And that phrase is so wonderfully significant. Uh, After he had said it's finished and after he had also said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit here. In this text, John 19.30, it says... He gave up his spirit. That phrase is so significant because it's the only time it's used in all of scripture. In fact, it's never found even in any of Greek literature. It's only found here. What is John communicating? He's bringing out the point that Jesus made in John chapter 10 when he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. When you and I die, our life is taken from us. But Jesus' life wasn't taken. It was part of his glorious work that he willingly gave it to people who were his enemies. He gave up his spirit. He gave up his life. His death was voluntary. 
He willingly did what the Father asked of him so that he might accomplish and complete and perfect redemption. Do you have any unfinished business in you? If we try to pay for our own sins, then we're saying there's unfinished business. And it's a business that you'll never finish. It's only resting in Christ's completed work that you can have true peace, true grace, and true redemption. May you rest in the finished work of Christ for you. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the victorious work of Christ on the cross. Thank you by your gracious work that we have come to know that. Help us, O oh Father, to put away all thoughts that we might, by our work or our faith or our activity, do anything to pay that debt. May we rest completely in the finished work of Christ and the accomplishing that he did and he alone did for our redemption. Help us to rest in him and receive from your hand that grace and peace that can guide and direct us and help us live each day with hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.